Hey friends, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. We believe that you were made for God's mission. We encourage you to check out our website, highlandcc.org, where you can learn more about what you are called to in Christ Jesus. Let's hear a message today that we hope will challenge, encourage you, and ultimately help you to grow and identify your purpose in the plan of God. Hey, church family, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving this week. I'm out this weekend. I'm actually doing a wedding for a young couple here from Highland who are getting married in Georgia this weekend. And so this morning, you're going to get to hear from one of my favorite people, Dan Henley. Dan is a minister and preacher, but he's also the leader of the Faith Division at Agape Child and Family Services, which is one of our most important ministry partners here in this city, a ministry that supports families in their time of need. I love what Agape is doing, and I really appreciate what Dan Henley has done in reaching out and connecting with churches for the sake of those families, for the sake of the ministry of Agape, but really for the sake of our city. And he has invited us, along with 364 other churches in our city, to take one day next year in 2022 and commit to praying for our city that day. So Highland has responded to that challenge, and on January 1st, the first day of 2022, we're going to ask you to spend some time that day praying for our city. We'll give you some more instructions about how to pray on January 1st soon, but this morning you're going to hear from Dan about the importance of prayer. So please welcome Dan Henley. Eric and I were talking about 365 days of prayer, 365 days where we would ask 365 churches to just take one day apiece to pray. Just one day. And we said we would start at November the 5th, which was the Agape Heartlight celebration, and we would go through November the 4th of next year. We're so excited about that because it doesn't seem like a, a large thing to ask 365 churches, you know, if you know them, to pray. Churches, that's what we do. We pray, right? It's been somewhat of a challenge, but we're going to make it. There's something about prayer that I believe that the enemy knows that once we get together and start praying, he's in trouble. I believe with all my heart that prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is where the battle is won. That's where we win. I don't know if you guys know Dr. Harold Shank, but Dr. Harold Shank is a good friend of mine. He's a mentor. And Dr. Harold Shank said, man, when you say that, you have to explain that to my folks. I said, okay, no problem. And we say that tongue-in-cheek because we're friends. We can talk like that. What he was saying is sometimes people use, let's pray about it, and it's code word for let's do nothing. Code word. But not at Highland, and I know that. I know this is a praying church. I've had had an opportunity to hang out with Eric and, you know, meet Bill and Kathy Ivy and, that's another neat thing. Let me just tell you a quick story about that. I was talking to Eric again. I said, Eric, God has given me a revelation about uh, how to heal this city and some of the racial matters and whatnot. He said, yeah, Dan, I want to hear that. And I told him about it. We chatted about it a little bit. And as my son would say, we, 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 we chatted it up. Right? Right? And he said to me, he said, man, you're doing a lot because it was all around marriages and it's a model around marriages. And he said, man, you need to talk to Bill Ivy. I said, wow. When he introduced me to Bill Ivy, man, Bill and I, again, we were like, 
I believe, cut from the same kind of cloth. And he's like another brother from another mother. And God is just doing something neat like that. And I think he, he'll continue to do that. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you a scripture where God kind of did that. People from two different worlds came together and changed the world. It's in Acts chapter 10. As a matter of fact, let me just go there. My wife said last time in the last message, she said, I spent too much, I didn't spend enough time here. So let, let me go there to Acts. We're talking about prayer now. Prayer that changes things, right? It says that at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God, how? Regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Again, he said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier. Another translation says that a God-fearing soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Before I keep going, let me just put this into context. Uh, Caesarea was a city that was on the sea and it was a, a, a matter of fact, they were known for worshiping uh, Baal foreign gods and whatnot. But in the midst of it, we have a centurion soldier. Uh, a centurion means that he had status. He had status and, 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 and position and, and wealth because it says that he not only prayed, but he gave generously to the poor. So God spoke to a Let's just say it like this, a wealthy white man. Don't get me wrong, now I ain't talking about black and white stuff, but I could if I wanted to. You know why? Because God loves me so much that he gave me a little black and he gave me a little white. Because every now and then my black side has to talk to my white side. And then my white side has to talk to my black side. Because you know what? They don't listen to each other. I'm just saying I'm just saying. But before we keep going, let me tell you about a song. There's a lady named Adele. Adele. If you've heard of Adele, just raise your hand. Adele is saying, look at that, D. Wow. Adele just did an interview with Oprah. She has a new album that's coming out. But <clears throat> I had never heard of Adele. I, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say, but my wife had taped this interview with Oprah. So I'm studying. I'm getting ready to do... You know, come to Highland. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? God bless you, man of God. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm getting ready to do this, 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 this talk, and I'm studying, and this Adele keeps popping up on, on, on the screen. Ms. D, 
my wife's name is Miss D, had saved it, right? So I said, okay, let me watch this thing, right? I'm not really into music as much. But I'm watching the interview, and Oprah says something that was incredible. She said, this video of a song that's called Hello has been viewed almost three billion times. I'm saying to myself, she, you know, she had to have gotten that wrong, right? So I know how to do my own due diligence. I know how to do my own research, you understand? So I went and researched this thing. It had been viewed 2.9 billion times. Well, it got my attention. Here's what the song says. Just listen in with me, if you will, please. It says, hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet, to go over everything. They say that time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much healing. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. <clears throat> I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. There's such a difference between us and a million miles. Hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've done. But when I call, you never seem to be home. Hello from the outside. At least I can say that I've tried to tell you I'm sorry for breaking your heart. But it don't matter. It, it clearly doesn't tear you apart anymore. Hello. How are you? It's so typical of me to talk about myself. I'm sorry. I hope that you're well. Did you ever make it out of that town where nothing ever happened? It's no secret that the both of us are running out of time. So hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've, that I've done. But when I call, you never seem to be home. Hello from the outside. At least I can say that I've tried to tell you that I'm sorry for breaking your heart. But it, it don't matter. It clearly doesn't tear you apart anymore. Uh, that song has reached three billion, almost three billion views and Oprah talked about the song means so much to all the people around the world. I'm thinking to myself, what is it about the song that that many people would view it? So I'm praying and thinking and praying and thinking. It says, she said this, she said, the song was the beginning of me trying to find myself. Oprah said, we've heard your pain in your songs before, but it feels like pain is almost like a muse, M-U-S-E, a muse for you. Now, I didn't know what muse meant, so I had to look it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> muse means that you get encapsulated in thought. You just think about it and think about it. And it also means it's a source of inspiration. So in other words, she was saying the pain, you found a source of inspiration in the pain. 
Odell said everything was happening real time. I wrote the song while I was in the pain. So again, I'm asking the Lord, what is it about this song? Well, the, it's because pain is universal. You see, pain has no favorites. Pain doesn't discriminate. It happens to all of us. Now, she happened to be talking about a messy divorce that she might have been going through, a relationship kind of thing, but it happens in relationships, period. It could be a, a, a parent and a child. It could be a, a boyfriend, girlfriend. I want to make sure that you know I'm talking to everybody. It could be a husband and a wife, right? It could be a boss and an employee. Hello. From the other side, can you hear me? Relationships are tough, man. Relationships are so complex. My wife and I always say this because we do a lot of marriage mentoring. Relationships are too complex to live in all the details. Or you stay in them details, man, it's going to get ugly. Woo-wee. Let's go back to the scriptures because it's important that you know that I'm not making this stuff. We just talked about this guy named uh, Cornelius. He was a centurion soldier. He was wealthy. He was praying regularly and giving. And God revealed some stuff to him in a vision. And then he acted on it. Because sometimes we know what to do. We don't do it. Well, I remember one lady, Ms. D and I were ministering to an elder at our church. And they had had a really tough situation. They don't mind me talking about it because uh, he wrote a book about it. And she said this. She said, he's in love. She was talking about her husband. She said, he's in love with the idea of me. He's in love with the idea of me. And a lot of times people are in love with the idea that God gives because they know it's the answer. That idea is so, oh yeah, that's the answer. They fall in love with the idea. But how many of you know you got to come down from them clouds and implement it. When he tells me to, I must love my wife, he's saying to me, I must be patient with Miss D. I must be kind. I must not keep a record of wrongs. Are you with me? And I don't always feel like doing that. I'm just saying. But that's what I must do to love Miss D correctly. I must obey, not just know the will of God, but to pray for the motivation to do the will of God. Let's talk about the second part of this story. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, God spoke to a Gentile, non-Jewish family, didn't know Christ. But God wanted him to know Christ. So he gave him specific instructions. And Cornelius obeyed. He sent for this guy named Peter. So let's pick up the story now with Peter. It's on down in the same scripture in Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, I'm sorry, about noon the following day as they were on their journey. Now we're introducing this guy named Peter. They were on this journey, Peter and his team, and they were approaching the city. It says, Peter went up 
on the roof. Let's watch the pattern here. The folks that are hearing from God. He went up on the roof to do what? To pray. I've seen it all over scripture. Dr. Shank and I, man, we was tearing scripture up trying to make sure that I'm giving you a word from God. He was asking me so many questions, man, he was scrutinizing me. Left and right. One he did, and I love him for it, man. I love Dr. Hell Shake. But he shaped my mind over these last four years. He's been a mentor and a friend. Four years. But after three years, the beginning of this year in January, Dr. Shank called me up and said, man, I've been hanging out with you for three years and I don't really know you. I said, Harold, oh God, this is going to get tough. You better be praying for me right now. I said, because you really don't want to know me. See, it was hard to stop when I said, hello, from the other side. It was hard to listen to that. Because sometimes Harold would invite me into conversations that for so long had kept me out. He would say to me, hello, from the other side. And it wasn't until I became curious and just listened without being bitter or angry or judgmental that I could even hear my friend. So what we decided to start doing in January was because there's nothing that replaces spending time together in a covenant relationship. Dr. Shank and Sally and Miss D and I, we meet every Sunday. Unless there's something pressing that we got to do, we've been meeting every Sunday at 2 p.m. You want to know what Pastor Dan is? I'm hanging out with the Shanks. We're listening to each other. We're not ignoring each other. Boy, we pray about everything. Let me finish this because I only have a few minutes and I pray that you'll be blessed. It says that Peter went up on the roof to pray. He, he became hungry. I can identify with Peter on that one, bro. And wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Peter, get up, kill, man, and eat. Eat all that meat, man. I know y'all ain't been eating meat, but here it is, babe. I'm giving it to you. Look what Peter said. Surely not, Lord. You got to be kidding. That goes against all of my tradition. That's not what I was taught. You see, I understand the law. So what you're saying, God, is, is out of bounds. God had to tell Peter three times. Now, he only had to tell Cornelius one time. The Gentile. But he had to tell Peter three times that it was time for him to do a new thing. Peter, this is going to go against everything you've ever known. It's going to go against your tradition, your upbringing, your teaching. Quite honestly, what you found to be successful. It's no different from fishing. I told you to come away from fishing. You become a fisherman of men. Peter knew how to fish, but he didn't know how to fish for men. God said to him, I am going to build my church by revelation knowledge. I'm going to reveal stuff to you, Peter. 
Remember, back in the book of Matthew, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some said, you know, one of the prophets or John the Baptist or Elijah. And he said to the disciples, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, I can see Jesus in my sanctified imagination getting so excited. and said, woo-wee. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father revealed that to you. Then he went on to say, and you're now Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He wasn't talking about the person, Peter. Because if so, Christ, I mean, we'd be all about Peter. The, 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 the Protestants, everybody, it'd be all about Peter. But it's not. What he was saying is, I'm going to reveal things to you. My father's going to reveal things to you. And this revelation knowledge is how you're going to build the church. I'm going to reveal things to you. And oh, by the way, the gates of hell can't overcome it. They can't prevail against it. When we start allowing God to reveal things to us, God's will, then he'll give specific instructions. He gave Cornelius specific instructions what to do. Same with Peter. And then we'll pray for the motivation to do it because, man, it's going to take some motivation. We ain't going to always want to do what God tells us to do. Sometimes I don't feel like telling my wife I'm sorry, especially when she's wrong. <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud because she can hear me. You understand what I'm saying? But that's the will of God. So here it is, this Peter, this Peter. God had to tell him three times. He said, surely not, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. What just happened? God revealed to Peter that it's time for you now to go, man. What we've been calling unclean, them Gentiles. Now I need you to get outside of your isolated box where you've been comfortable and successful and prosperous and your families are doing so well, Church of Christ. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Jews. I meant the Jews. Y'all don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Because I love the Church of Christ. I told my wife, I told her these very words. Up until four years ago, I used to tell my wife, Jimmy, I said, in my next life, I'm going to be a Presbyterian. You want to know why? Because all they do is sit and listen. I love it, man, because that's how we learn. Oh, but now fast forward to tape. I said, or, my next life, Presbyterian or Church of Christ. Oh, y'all get it. Oh, y'all get it. Oh, y'all get it. Y'all get it. I, I, I can tell stories about all the folks I work with, Buses give me the, that, that thumb. It's about that time then, you know. And I get that from Jimmy on the board to Debbie and Tammy and Tammy Phillips and Debbie Edwards. And man, don't get me started here. Buster and I, Buster and I, the first time I met Buster, he had called me. He said, man, I'm trying to get my youth to go down to uh, Mason Temple. And they won't answer my calls, man. They won't answer my calls. And we want our youth here at Church of Christ uh, 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 at Highland to go down and experience what it would be like in an inner city church that's historic. Mason Temple. Man, Buster wouldn't take no for answer. Me and Buster rolled down the on. That means that we got in our cars and we drove down. Right? <laughs> 
And we wouldn't leave until they said yes. I have many stories. I wouldn't be here in this role if it wasn't for one of you. They, 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 they choose to remain anonymous, man. They're best friends of ours, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I have a model, even for marriage, that I can look up to. Last time I met with him, he said, me and my wife, we just like that. And they are. And so are we. Ms. D and I, we just like that. I have a model. Guys, you guys are the model. Oh, there's some things, yeah, that are tradition that you need to, just like Peter, you know, that Peter. We need to talk about it. You need to talk about it. But God can use this church and is using this church in a phenomenal way. I get to work with all of them now. As the chief spiritual health officer with Agape, I'm ecumenical. You name it, I work with them. Talking about praying, man, I pray every kind of way you name pray. From praying in tongues, yes, I do. Don't be looking at me like that. Don't be looking at me like that. To silent prayer, contemplative prayer. I just go quiet before the Lord. That's my favorite, by the way. Contemplative prayer, just silent prayer. I believe even that this is the year of the sound of silence before the Lord. Peter and Cornelius, people from two different worlds, changed the world. People that never were supposed to get together got together. Why? Because God revealed to both of them at the same time. There's many things that I'm praying for, but and, and then I'll be finished. I'm asking all of us to just pray that simple prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Buster will be over your January 1st day of prayer where he'll talk talk about how you guys are going to do it specifically, and I want to join you. But what I'm asking is, in that scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God is answering Solomon's prayer. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and, and seek my face, not my hand, but my face and turn from their wicked ways and and and." and and then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Man, that's all I'm asking us to do is pray that God will heal our land. There are many different ways you can do it. Some people set their clocks at 7.14 a.m. every morning and they'll pray that simple prayer. I'm inviting us to pray specifically, though, for these three things and then I'm done. I invite us to pray together, all of us, for three things. One is... The will of God. We're praying for the will of God. And they will probably come up on the screen, but they're real simple. We're going to pray for the will of God. And sometimes even when we get God's will, we need some specific instructions. Okay, God, I know what you want me to do, but how are we going to do this? And God will give us specific instructions. He's done it so many times. Does it with me all the time. But not only that, even when we get the instruction, sometimes it's difficult. We, even Jesus said, Father, if you can take this cup, I just assume you take it. But however, not my will, but your will be done. I believe God is ready to heal this city. I believe that with everything that's in me. When I came to Agape, I told David Jordan, God had given me a 17-year assignment. 
As of next week, I will complete it four years of. I have 13 years left. In 13 years, write it down. God will have changed this city. And Highland's going to be a big part of that. There's nobody better positioned. Remember, I work at all the churches. Everyone from Bellevue to my little church with 100 folks in, in Cordova. I work with the big ones, the little ones. All of them. Black, the white, the Latinos. There's nobody better positioned than Highland. If you'll pray the will of God, ask God for instruction, then for the motivation to do it, we together can change this city. See, prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is where the battle is won. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Let's pray. Father God, we stop to bless you and honor you. And all that we say and do, we don't take this opportunity lightly or for granted. Thank you for my friends, oh God. Yeah. Thank you for our friends. We bless Eric, all the elders at this great church, all the people, oh God, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. You've allowed me to get to know, not just Highland, but so many. Even in Oklahoma where Phil Brookman is, and he's a blessing to me, to so many. As we leave this place, but never from your presence, your word will not return to your void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And those that agree together just said amen, amen. and amen. God bless you guys.